Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Steve Jones Show for Friday here on 1070 AM WKOK, sponsored by Brewers Outlet here on 1070 AM. Uh, so we are we are here, and, uh, you know, it sounds you're, like... You're, you're, also, nope. you're also early. I, yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. All, all, I, all I was doing was just... Just that getting ready to print out a couple of charts. I've just been standing here. Like, huh. Okay, I guess we're on. All right, great. That's fine. <laughs> I can I can roll with it. Nate Bauer is going to join us at one thirty-five. Okay. Uh, Stacy Collins uh, leaving as the special teams coordinator. So that means three new coordinators for Penn State football next season. Stacy's going back to Boise State, um, and we'll talk to Nate about that. And now. I can actually talk about the transfers. I can say, everybody, Julian Fleming is a Penn State Nittany Lion. I can actually say it now, <laughs> uh, which is great. I mean, it's like I could have said it weeks ago. You know, but, uh, but, you know, you have to follow rules, which is important. Uh, do the best you can to follow rules. Um, and, you know, and I will start there. Uh, Gerard Mayo's the head coach of the Patriots now. We know that. Um, uh, and then we'll see what he wants to do with the staff. It looks like Steve Sarkeesian and Mike Norvell are going to stay at their current schools. Sarkeesian at Texas, Norvell at Florida State. So now the focus, according to uh, uh, Andrea Adelson, Mark Schlabon, Pete Thamel, all of ESPN, is now on Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. So that appears to be um, where the focus is. Now, whether they follow through or not, I don't know. All I know is that DeBoer was supposed to be on a Seattle radio station today, and he canceled the appearance. I was just going to say that. I saw that, too. So so you go, and now you just go from there and see how it plays out. Of course, this has a domino effect with Penn State because Penn State plays Washington this year in Beaver Stadium. It's always interesting to say that now that they're in the Big Ten, like really, uh, but it you know that's that is life moving forward. That is life moving forward. So now let's get to the transfers. It is so important with the way Penn State does the transfer portal, and I really have always liked how they've done it. Develop your own guys, get your own guys. Uh, and work with them, and, and how far can you take them? Everybody's on their own clock. Okay, I got that. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure everybody has that, but I've got that part. Everybody's on their own clock. Uh, and 
Then you look around and say, hey, okay, let's pause for a second here. All right. What do we need? What do we need? Well, that's important. Okay. We've done all this. Now what are the needs? Wide receiver obviously is one. Uh, And Julian Fleming uh, is, I cannot say enough good things about him. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, hey, he's going to fly by everybody. He's the big-time burner in the whole thing. Yeah, he can beat people deep. But he's a great route runner, terrific hands. I mean, in three years, he has had a total of six drops. Three years, six drops. Reliable, and not only that, if you are a wide receiver looking for yards after the catch, like Marvin Harrison, or you are a running back on a big play, this guy will flat out block. And I think you made the great point, Todd, uh, that if you're going to play in the wing tee offense at Southern Columbia, you have to block. Uh, I think that was the point you made, and which was which is spot on. Uh, he brings a maturity, a sense of leadership. And I think it it was one of the great dominoes that they needed to get in the program. So Julian Fleming is one. Uh, you needed to get two corners. And they got exactly the two corners I thought they were going to get. All right? And that would be Harrison Kimber. Uh, Kimber is a veteran... Uh, out of Mansfield, Texas. Uh, They get him out of Florida. Uh, He is a guy that is a better cover guy than people realize. Needs to be a little more physical. Does need to be more physical. There's no getting around that. Uh, And I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that, that he needs to be more physical. But he's a way better cover guy than people realize that he is. Uh, sometimes you'll see some plays, and, and guys will get burned on plays. You're like, oh, he got you know, he got burned on that play, and actually, it's not his fault; it's the safety's fault. Uh, I like him. I think you know he he brings some size, and then there's Harris from Georgia. This kid is he can play the run. He is physical against receivers, and I mean physical, he tries to set the tone of receivers, and that's a big pickup. So now you have why the two veteran corners, because we all know Penn State's going to play four to begin with. That means you've got Cam Miller, Zion Tracy, Jalen Kimber, A.J. Harris, and you can now properly mix in Elliott Washington, who I think is going to be a really good player. Uh, And I've said that before. The the difference between Zion Tracy and Elliott Washington is Zion Tracy came through a system where they played multiple coverages, and it's really paid off for him. And Tracy is going to be good. I don't want to – please, I know if you want to sit there and say to me, well, but I watched the Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl is a starting point for him. That's a starting point. That's what it is. I see him on an everyday basis. The guy can play. He is going to be a good player. And then you mix in Elliott Washington. There was this Washington when he was in high school. They played cover three all the time. So he's had to learn all the different 
coverages along the way and then get used as to how to play them and the intricacies of them, he's going to be fine there. So now that gives them five corners. You know, and Harris and Kimber are veterans. That really helps. That really helps. They like said Harris is the far more physical of the two, uh, but they both know how to play big. Nolan Rucci. Again, another guy that Penn State heavily recruited first time through ended up going to Wisconsin. Played more snaps this year for Wisconsin at any point in his career. Uh, but, you know, I think he was just looking, especially with a new coaching staff there, was looking just for a, a better landing spot for him and found it in Penn State. Look, he is a good-looking offensive lineman. There's no getting around it. And now you've got... Drew Shelton, Nolan Rucci, Javen Williams. You can now figure out what you want to do with Anthony Donko, guard, tackle, or both. Right? And that gives you a solid rotation to tackle. And I was really big. I was really big on them getting Nolan Rucci. Uh, and they were able to get him in the fold, and I thought that was an important move up front for Penn State. Very important move. Uh, And this is why you keep relationships open. This is why when somebody picks somebody else, why it's important that the leaders of the program are the adults in the room and don't follow suit of people who get emotional about it. Right, I can't believe they told you they're they're, they're they're rooting against them and the whole thing. It's, it's, you, know, you never know when quality decides to pick you, and that's what happened here. Quality decided to pick Penn State, which then brings us to the place kicker and the defensive. They also got some walk-ons here as well that uh, will help out along the way. But when you look at the other guys they got. Let's take the place kicker from Tulsa, for example. Uh, the place kicker from Tulsa, uh, Chase Meyer. Uh, this guy, okay, third team, all all American, you know, all American athletic conference. Okay, my apologies for the misstatement because it's the okay, the American athletic conference. But this guy went 17 to 20 in field goals, 30 of 31 in extra points. Right, uh, made his first 10 kicks. Finally missed. That didn't happen until the ninth game. Um, he did play one year at Penn, where he was the kickoff guy. But he's got multiple years remaining. He's a, you know, he, I mean, they, he's got multiple years. I mean, Kimber's a redshirt senior. Harris is a sophomore. Right, Julian Fleming. We all know he's a senior. All right, uh, and Nolan Rucci is a ju- is a redshirt junior. I mean, you've got. I mean, these guys have time uh, to play here. So now back to Chase Meyer. Uh, this guy is. You know, you're talking about 17 to 20. There, you know, we'll see how it plays out with Sanders Sahadik, and then Barker. Bar- I'll give Barker credit. Sander Sander has a big leg. We all know that. Just a question of the consistency part with him, but he has a big leg. And as for Barker, 
Barker, the first half of the season in practice was was good. Last half of the season, he was terrific. I like Barker a lot. Now you add in Chase Meyer, and we'll see how it goes because Alex Falcons, of course, was out of eligibility. And then finally, Jordan Meyer, the redshirt freshman out of Jefferson Hills in the western part of the state. He had been at Wisconsin, uh, redshirted. I don't even know. I'm not even sure he got in a game last year. But this guy comes in and can play, you know, you know, he can play the end spot. Yeah, he's 6'4", 230. You know, it was a consensus three-star, the whole deal. Post-Gazette Fab 22 his senior year. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, I mean, you're, you needed to get a wide receiver. You got one of the best out there in Julian Fleming. That was available. You needed two corners, Kimber and Harris, just what the doctor ordered. You needed a kicker, okay, just to make sure you still got somebody in that pipeline to go with Sander and to go with Barker, and they get Meyer, okay? And then Jordan Meyer, I thought was a nice pickup from Wisconsin. And then you needed another offensive. You can always use another really good offensive lineman. I got a really good one in Nolan Rucci. I'm anxious to watch him practice. Um and you know, I think he just kind of looked at it and and uh, and said, "Look, I, I need a I need a fresh start someplace." And he's going to get it here. He's going to get it here. He's going to get a fresh start here. No question about that. And when you already have Drew Shelton, you already have Javen Williams, you already have Anthony Donko. You mix him in there, and you feel like you have depth on the offensive line. Uh, so, yeah. Now, could you use another wide receiver someplace? I don't think it would hurt the cause. Right? I don't think it would hurt the cause at all. But there is a there is a second portal, and that is after the uh, after spring practice. So we'll see how that how it all plays out. And of course, everybody knows they've seen the the Penn State roster, which is posted online. And you've seen the roster already, and that the roster does show that you know uh, that Keandre Lambert Smith is still on the roster for 2024. Now everybody has until ding 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 ding. I think it's Monday, Monday night, maybe Tuesday afternoon, to declare for the NFL draft. And yeah, and then there's the story about Stacy Collins leaving, and that means Penn State in the end, will have had to replace all three coordinators. Um, and Stacy's going back to Boise State. We're going to talk with Nate Bauer about this at 1.35. Uh, was I surprised that Stacy Collins left? Yes, I was. I was. I thought after the coordinators were settled, I thought the staff part would settle down. Um, uh you know, with with Manny leaving for a head coaching job, and of course they knew they had to replace Mike. Uh, but uh, that is uh, um, that's so. It's Stacy leaving, you know, uh, which Adam Rittenberg's the one that broke that today. Um, uh, that one I was like, oh, okay. Usually not surprised by much. That one surprised me. Is it less of a surprise since it is going back to Boise State and he is going to be an assistant head coach as well? 
I guess. I mean, being an assistant head coach, you know what that means, right? A little more money. Yep, that's it's all about title means money. Uh, I'll never forget when Fran Ganner was named. He's named the assistant head coach. What does that mean? He's the successor. Like, ah, uh, no, that's about cash. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like you hate to burst people's bubble, but you know, uh, so. But yeah. So yeah, I was I was a little surprised because I didn't I hadn't really considered it. Uh, he did a terrific job here, especially you look at this year. They started out slowly on special teams, and Nelson special teams became a huge plus around here with the way Riley Thompson punted, Belkins with field goals, switching up to getting Daquan Hardy back to return punts. They had a couple of long kickoff returns this year. Uh, didn't give up much of anything. To opposing teams, special teams, Stacy did a really good job, and and James puts a heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on special teams. He does not give it lip service. You know, it may be, you know, the the part about the one third of the game is, of course, that's just <laughs> those are talk show host talks. All right, the reality is it's about seventeen or eighteen percent of the game. Okay, well, seventeen or eighteen percent is still a percentage you've got to win. And it sets up that 17 or 18 percent sets up how you play the other 82 percent between offense and defense. So, and Stacy did a, I thought a really good job here, really did. And so now he's going to go back to Boise. He is a West Coast guy. His wife's from the West Coast. Uh, you know, he, he's going back to Boise. But yeah, uh, was I surprised by it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was surprised by it. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and as for the defensive back part, remember, Penn State plays a lot of nickel and Penn State plays dime. Now, what Tom Allen wants to do with it, we'll see, because it's going to be Tom's baby. How much, you know, I mean, everybody has to play nickel um, at some point. Uh, how much dime does he want to play? Well, you have to have the DBs to do that. So between Harris, Kimber, Tracy, Miller, Washington, Winston, Reed, Wheatley, King Mac, Mackay Flowers, I think you've got enough there to play multiple back there if you feel that's your best personnel in the field. They've got enough guys to do it. That can play. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Another big weekend of sports, playoff games. Steelers play Sunday at 1. Eagles are on Monday Night Football. Starts with Texans and Browns tomorrow, goes through the weekend. Back you can start with Penn State basketball tomorrow at 2.15. And work your way all the way through. 
You need to stock up now. The weather's fine right now. Get in the car, put on 1070, drive to Brewers Outlet at Reagan Street. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Pickle bar, led by my personal favorites, the Barrels and the Dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here, it's 11 to 15. Hummel's Wharf online, sunburymotors.com. We now bring in who said he would do this at the last second. We appreciated the outstanding Nate Bauer, sir. Welcome. Anytime, Steve. What's going on? Uh, just sitting here waiting for the plane. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. All right. That's what, that's what I do. I wait for the plane. What's the weather like in Indiana today? Uh, right now, good. It's supposed to start snowing after midnight. Uh, okay. So, what, so right. it's a little. It's actually not bad. It's just it's going to be snow and wind, and then when the game's over tomorrow, it's just going to be windy and cold. So we'll just see. What avoid the, avoid those travel troubles. You know, <laughs> Michigan State and into uh, the Palester was interesting. So, but you know what? <clears throat> I, I think I've lived it enough where it's like okay, you just roll with it and go. Sure. Yeah. So, Stacy Collins, not a lot of things. I think you know, not a lot of things surprise me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, for obvious reasons. This one surprised me. I was surprised by it. Uh, what was your thought on that? Because that means there'll be three new coordinators for Penn State. Yeah, I think uh, I think that you weren't the only one that was surprised. Uh, is is kind of my understanding of the situation. You know, look, it's. Um, Professionally, James Franklin has wanted Penn State to get into a position as a program where you're not losing anyone to lateral moves, um, you, you know, to, to taking steps back in terms of prestige of program. <clears throat> and certainly, Stacey Collins becoming the special teams coordinator, uh, it's literally a lateral um title right and then also at a program in a conference that's uh certainly not of the caliber or prestige as penn state so uh yeah it's it's you know it's one of those things where you're weighing the professional against the personal and for stacy collins the guy who uh has spent many years of his life his family's life in the pacific northwest it makes sense right and so i think that that job opened up for him it was an opportunity that uh to to get back there a place that they liked um, and he took it, right? So, um, yeah, it's it is it is an interesting spot for Penn State to be in, in the sense that certainly, you know, obviously Mike Yersich was uh, Franklin's decision. Uh, Manny Diaz at Duke is a toss-up, right? In terms of, uh, you know, maybe he goes, but maybe he doesn't. I, I don't think Penn State was totally. Um, I want to say not totally prepared for that, but thought there was a chance that that was a job that that wouldn't necessarily be appealing to Manny Diaz, and then certainly this situation uh, leaves you, yeah, with, you know, back back on the grind, back on the grind, trying to find uh, a, a new voice in the room. I mean, certainly, I don't think it's of the it's it's not of the like special team. You know, I, I can just hear coaches hating what I'm about to say, but yeah, special teams isn't it doesn't 
carry necessarily the same interpersonal significance of a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, but it, it's one that strategically, certainly, James Franklin's uh, you know, you know going to have to go out there and, and get a next, you know, figure out a next step uh, for the program moving forward. Yeah, and we'll see whether that next step is outside or whether it's an internal promotion, which is, you know, yep. they're both possibilities. Uh, but I was surprised by it. And Stacy also coached linebackers, too. He helped out Manning at the linebacking spot because the special teams coordinator has to also handle another position besides what they're doing. So it's going to be a combo of both, and we'll see which direction James wants to go with it. But I was surprised by it. Well, and, and you know, I think it's important to to note that there are still some things to figure out, I think, uh, in terms of who's going to be in charge of the quarterbacks, right? Right. Moving forward, Andy Kotelnicki is not. Um, that has not been his thing is being a quarterback coach. So does does this give Franklin, in some ways, a little bit of flexibility? I think it does. Right to to maybe move some pieces around, find some some fits for. Uh, you know what they want to do there. You know, I mean, certainly if you could find a quarterback coach special teams coordinator hybrid I'm not sure that there's a ton of those out there but you could you could foresee a situation where maybe Danny O'Brien gets a shot at, at quarterbacks right and you slide somebody else in as a, a special teams coordinator I, you know it, it, I think that there's I don't think that it is necessarily a cut and dry right. oh you have to go find a person who mm-hmm. is out there in the college football coaching world with many years of experience as uh, a focused special teams coach. And then the transfer portal, the way Penn State does it, they want to develop as many players as possible. And yes, the 2024 roster does contain on a Keandre Lambert-Smith, as you correctly pointed out. Uh, But in the transfer portal, they get a wide receiver, Julian Fleming. They get an offensive lineman, Nolan Rucci. Then they get Harrison Kimber at the corners. And then they've got the place kicker from Tulsa, Meyer, and the defensive end Meyer from the uh, or Mayor from the uh, from Wisconsin. In terms of just like the plugging of needs, because I'm not going to ask you to evaluate the players. I mean, you've got other guys in the staff that do that. But just on the uh, on the position of need, no. But hey, look, it's always important to go to the strengths of your guest, uh, and that's what that seriously, uh, and that's why I try to do. Whenever possible, but just on the on the need part of it, as to what Penn State needed, what did you think? Yeah, I think I think certainly you need, um, you need someone to compete for a starting cornerback job, right? Bottom line is you're in a situation there with two rising freshmen who have shown some good things, and obviously Cam Miller. Like that's you're you're not depleted there at cornerback but you need you need someone who can step in and instantaneously compete for a starting job opposite Cam Miller. So I I do think that that um you know with with um with Kimber and Harris they they have accomplished that, right? One of those two guys um you know certainly Harris being the more lauded of the two uh mm-hmm. gives you gives you an opportunity to to plug that in, but it also gives you the numbers that you need to to kind of keep the the room at the right uh, at the right balance. So I, I thought that that was important. Nolan Rucci, yeah. I mean, you, you look at that. Uh, you look at that offensive line. It's you know, could he could he start from day one? I don't I don't know. But uh, 
there's going to be an opportunity there, right? You, you, you've got three departures with Caden Wallace, Hunter Norzad, and Olu, obviously. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think that there are some options in terms of guys that can play center that have been at guard this year, right? There, there's there's an opportunity for Phil Trowine to kind of shuffle how that lineup looks. And so figuring out where he fits in that equation is going to be interesting. And, and Julian Fleming, I mean, it's you're, you're banking on him being more than he ever became at Ohio State, but also him having an opportunity based on the complexion of the room as it currently sits to like a better opportunity right i mean when you're when when if you don't climb to the number one receiver uh because you're up against what four first round draft picks over over your oh, career look <laughs> right? Mar- it, Mar- that- marvin harrison chris olave garrett wilson i mean you start going through all the guys that they've had there that, that yeah. quote, he's been behind. And by the way, Egbuka has decided to come back, and a lot of people think he has a chance to be a one. Yep. So, so yeah, if you're, if you're not the top receiver in a group that includes four of the best to, to go to the NFL over the last three or four years, yeah. that... You can understand that you can you know it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're a disappointment or that you haven't reached expectation. It just means that you're in an incredibly competitive room uh, that has a, a bunch of NFL talent. Whereas Penn State, look, let's be honest, Penn State's receivers did not produce this season to the level that uh, anyone at Penn State had hoped. And so there, it, it's not to say that there's not talent in the room. There is talent in the room. But it's certainly not established, and it certainly leaves open a hole for guys to assert themselves. I mean, that's the, that's the whole conversation is who is going to do it day in and day out, and Penn State really didn't have that this past season. And look, I think it's a golden opportunity for both Penn State and for Julian Fleming. I mean, I, I think it really 100%. can be. Yeah. Uh, basketball. Uh, they've gone in the last six halves of basketball. They've had one half where they went five of ten and three. Mm-hmm. The other five, seven of fifty-nine. If mm-hmm. they just hit a couple. Okay, if they had a couple against yep. against Maryland. They're twenty six percent in the Big Ten in three. Twenty six percent. If they hit one more against Maryland, they win. If they hit yep. one more against Northwestern, especially early in the second half, they win. I mean, this team. Yep. Like the weird thing is, this is a close to being a four and one Big Ten team instead of being two and three because of that shot. And it's not like they know guys who can shoot it. I said it on Wednesday night. If Andrew Funk is on this team, this is probably an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, I agree. But he's not. Nope. (laughs) Not Not at the moment. You know, you got to ride with the horses that you got. Uh, Zach Hicks just, you know, it, it has not worked out. I mean, that's what he was brought to Penn State to do. He was the first transfer portal target on campus when when the new staff got here. He, he just hasn't shot it. He has not shot it well enough. Mike Rhodes, look, like let's 
let's clear the air here. Mike Rhodes is talking about him in the post game, yes, saying you got to get in the gym, you got to yeah. get more confident, you got you got to shoot till your fingers bleed. Um, and and that's what that's like. Let's be clear. That's what's going to happen. Is he will continue to take those shots. He has to. They have to have that ingredient. Um, you know, uh, Leo Boyle isn't taking them anymore, and Jameel Brown is obviously coming off an injury and isn't necessarily that Le- guy anyway. Leo, Leo, Leo needs actually a screen to do it. Like, there's certain guys that can get yep. their own shot. All right, yep. Leo does need a little more help once he gets his shot. He's fine, but he does need a little more help to get it. I mean, it's just it's just a fact of life. That's true. Yep, no, no doubt about it. So. Uh, I will be interested to see. I, I, I don't think the equation works without those three-point shots. I don't think the formula that, that Rhodes no. has works without those three-point shots. But the interesting thing to me is going back and looking, he, his team last year at VCU was not a volume three-point shooting team. Right. Uh, it, but... Uh, I think that they got to the free throw line just a little bit more. It wasn't a ton more, but I think they got there a little bit more than Penn State is getting there this year. It just—I asked him after the game on on Wednesday. He was obviously frustrated with the officiating. It drew a technical, <laughs> kind of changed the complexion of the game a little bit. But mm-hmm. when—and and we've seen this before, right, Steve? When when your plan of attack offensively is getting to the free throw line because you're attacking the basket, right? So whether you get to the free throw line or not is is secondary to the point of you're taking your shots close to the basket. Right. Either you make them because those are high percentage shots anyway, or if you get mugged, you go to the free throw line. Well, what happens when you cannot make the shots physically because you're being pushed to the ground, but they're also not calling they're not calling the foul. It leaves you with very few options, and those options are taking threes in, in some cases. But this is a team that just it, it hasn't been able to make them. And so, I, I you know, the, they were left without many options. There wasn't any recourse for them to score points in the second half of that game on Wednesday, and it just, it just left them really in a no-win situation. Look, today's game, everybody has to hit it. I mean... You yep. need to be at minimum, at minimum, to be successful in, in men's college basketball. You have to be a 33% three-point shooting team, minimum, right, today. Well, they're not there yet. And 26% in the Big Ten, right? And I asked Mike last night on the show, I said, look, um, of the 17 you took, how many were good looks? He said 15. Then I talked to Joe Crispin yep. at practice today, and he said 14, uh, yep. in his opinion. He said, and one of the worst ones was Kanye, the one he made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yep. among the three he didn't like. He goes, but he says he's got the green light. Every player needs yep. to make a step forward along the way. Kanye Clary last year to this year, what are you saying? I mean, it's just, it's just. Excellence. I I think that I see two things. One is that Micah didn't. He he just it was such a bad fit, right? It just it just did not fit the system that they had. And so I thought that they tried to adjust and they tried to like obviously Kanye provided spark to that team last season and in many cases helped them uh, in in some critical moments. But 
overall what they were doing, Kanye just wasn't wasn't a fit for that. Whereas with Rhodes and this staff and what they want to do in terms of spacing the floor, he's a he's a fantastic fit. He, he, it's seamless how well he fits. But also, he's just a better player. <laughs> he's just he's just an overall That's better right. player. He obviously put a ton of work into his game over the offseason. He's so crafty with the basketball. His shooting percentages are up. I mean, all, all of all of the, uh, the the development that he's taken, he's developed as a defender. Like there are just things that he's done to to get better as a player that paired with the system that he's now in under Rhodes has made him uh, uh, just an excellent excellent player and it and it makes you uh, you know really it's like not only is it what he's doing this year but hey what does what does the future hold for him uh, you know you could just see this kid being really really good and 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 assertive as a lead guard in the Big Ten over the next couple of years. I have no no question. Now they've got Zach Eady. We go from mm-hmm. Kanye Clary at five ten five eleven to seven three seven four. Zach Eady mm-hmm. coming off a loss. I'm sure they're in a great mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did Nebraska do? I don't know if he had a chance to watch really much of it. That I mean, he got in some did foul not. trouble, uh, but he got in some foul trouble in the game. He only took ten shots. I mean, he was six yep. of ten. I mean, how do you need to to defend him other than the fact, look, Smith does a good job, especially when he goes right. He's an excellent passer going to his right. Uh, but what can you do to actually defend this guy in any way, shape, or form? I mean, you you, you collapse, right? You, you, you put... It's, it's not just one person defending Zach Eady. It's, it's four. <laughs> it's, it's three. You, you, you collapse the paint when you defend him and then get those hands right get 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 the hands on the ball before he has a chance to take it up that you know i think that penn state does have some strength there in terms of how handsy this team is I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it right but but ace had eight steals the other night and yeah. yes a lot of those are in an open floor situation but if you can get, if you can collapse around Beatty, sure you're gonna you're gonna foul him a bunch. He's gonna go to the free throw line. That's fine, but you cannot have him go one on one against Judas. It, it's gonna be a disaster. He's just yeah. he's gonna make hay out of that, right? So they're gonna have to defend him as a team, and then you're you're gonna take your shots, right? There, there's gonna be that inside outside action where their their shooters are gonna get shots and. You know, you you do your best. You, you you try to confuse them as much as you can. I mean, I think that some of the things that I've seen, and you've seen obviously over the last two games, is the realization of yeah. what Rhodes is looking for defensively. That's right. I mean, this, this is stuff that I, I'm not nearly the student of the game that you are, Steve. Obviously, or or Dick, but the rotations and the 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 variations of those rotations it's confusing for me so yeah. on the floor what these guards what boo booey was looking at the other night what yeah. what is happening to uh you know the ball movement around the perimeter penn state stepping into passing lanes it is it is wild truly yeah. it is it yeah. is organized chaos 
So if, if, if they're able to employ some of that to change those looks up from possession to possession, I do think it gives them a little bit of a weapon from what Purdue is used to seeing. Yeah, um, and that's something Taylor Battle talked to Dick and I about that after the game. He says, he says we average eight and a half turnovers a game. We turned it over 18. He says, he said they were all yep. over the place on us. So yep. the, the problem and was they just, couldn't. And it's not just fouling, right? That, that, that's oh, no. part of the conversation in the past is, yeah, you're just you're just a super aggressive team. Pat's teams used to load up fouls because yep. they that's what they did. They were physical, and sometimes you get called for it, sometimes you don't. Right. These are clean picks. I mean, they're, yeah. they're picking pockets. Right. Forcing you into bad decisions, and then you take advantage of that. When I look at Edie, by the way, just just take a quick look at it. it. Depends on where he starts. He's become a better passer, by the way, out of the post. I mean, watching the the mm-hmm. videos. But the the key with him to me has always been: if he catches and shoots, he scores. If he catches one yep. dribble, he scores. But if he has to go a second, third, or fourth dribble, the percentage goes down with each one. So just watch that tomorrow and see if they, if they can force that to happen. So, keep him uh, out of the paint in the first place. Oh, geez, he, he, I'm sorry. That's a difficult man to move. <laughs> that's a very that's a difficult man to move. <laughs> My friend, thank you so much for jumping in last second the way you did, and and uh, actually tripling the ratings of the show. Oh, stop! Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Nate. Nate Bauer on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. Great to have him on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio. Once again, a quick review of where we are in life. Nick Saban, unemployed. Bill Belichick, unemployed. Pete Carroll, unemployed. Sue, employed. For those of you who think life is spiraling out of control, that gives you perspective. Today's show brought to you by Brewers 